Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, May 24th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Many outdoor festivals are back after being canceled last year during the pandemic. The events bring tourism and money into small towns and their businesses. It probably makes or breaks our year. Without it, yeah, it would be more difficult for us to survive, basically. We'll have more on the impact of small town festivals in just a few minutes. Governor Mike Parson will announce his pick today to fill the vacancy on the Missouri Supreme Court. There are three nominees to replace Judge Laura Denver-Stith, who retired in March. Donald Burl Jr., William Corrigan Jr., and Robin Ransom are on the list submitted late last week by the Appellate Judicial Commission. Burl is a judge on the Missouri Court of Appeals in the Southern District in Springfield. Corrigan is a circuit judge in the 21st Judicial Circuit in Clayton. Ransom is a judge on the Missouri Court of Appeals Eastern District in St. Louis. Parson will announce his choice during a news conference this afternoon. The fight over how to draw Illinois' legislative districts for the next 10 years is set to reach a fever pitch this week in Springfield. As Hannah Meisel reports, Democrats who control the process published their proposed maps on Friday. Democrats, who hold comfortable majorities in the General Assembly, are hoping to wrap up Illinois' once-in-a-decade legislative redistricting process before the end of the month. Democrats say their proposed new district boundaries are fair and equitable to communities of color. But GOP members say the maps, not drawn with census data that will be too delayed to make the cut, are a partisan power grab. The Democrats have been hell-bent on drawing maps using inaccurate data. It's clear to me these maps are designed to fulfill the partisan agenda that the Democrats have. That's State Senator Jason Barrickman of Bloomington. Barrickman was redistricted out of his House seat in 2011 and moved from Champaign to Bloomington to run for the Senate. The Republican has indicated he may run for governor if that happens again. I'm Hannah Meisel. Fewer rural people are vaccinated compared to their urban counterparts. That's a conclusion from a new report out of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which shows the disparity is about seven percentage points. National Rural Health Association CEO Alan Morgan says if this trend continues, it could be a deadly summer in rural America. This really has the potential of of the rest of America moving on from the pandemic while we see rural America still struggling with this for the next year. Morgan says messaging from the federal government needs to be more geared toward rural communities in order to get their vaccination rates up. Reef Corps officials plan to create a memorial to honor Dr. H. Philip Venable. The black doctor was forced to sell his property more than half a century ago. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, city officials hope the monument will acknowledge a past wrong and celebrate Venable's legacy. The monument will be built at Dr. H. Philip Venable Memorial Park, which includes land he used to own. City officials used eminent domain to take the land from Venable and his wife Katie in the late 1950s for a park. The Venables fought the issue in court but lost and had to sell their land. City officials in 2019 apologized and renamed the park for Venable. A task force is deciding how to honor him. Heather Silverman is president of the Creve Corps City Council and chair of the task force. She says Venable's family wants a memorial to capture 
after his legacy as a doctor in the black community. It's really important, I think, to them and now, at least to me, to make sure that whatever memorial is created isn't just about this event in his life. The task force will hold a dedication ceremony this fall. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. The pandemic forced many small towns last year to cancel festivals that they depend on for tourism revenue. As Katie Pikus reports, many are holding those events again this year. People wearing traditional Dutch clothing are throwing buckets of water onto the street. It's part of the Orange City Tulip Festival, celebrating the small Northwest Iowa town's Dutch heritage. That's right, give them a round of applause. Locals scrub the street to pave the way for this year's elected Tulip Queen and her court. Feels refreshing to be back doing something that we love. Brandy Pals watches the parade with two of her friends. They're all locals who volunteer at the three-day celebration. This is the Tulip Festival's 80th year. The town had planned to mark that milestone last year, but it got canceled that spring. And that was a blow to the town. Orange City's population is 6,100, but the festival draws in at least 80,000 people from around the world. Mike Hoffman with the local Chamber of Commerce says it's a big gain for the town, but it's hard to say how big. You can't put a finger on the fact that people come back and experience the small businesses throughout the course of the year, not just during the festival. A little while after the parade, people sit in the Dutch bakery enjoying pastries. And then one Dutch leather. Small businesses like this make a lot of their yearly income from the festival. The bakery's owner, Lauren Mulder, says the money his business makes over these three days equals about two to three months of normal income. It probably makes or breaks our year. Without it, yeah, it would be more difficult for us to survive, basically. Mulder says last year was tough. After the pandemic forced restaurants and other retail to close, he had to lay off some employees. Dutch Bakery did curbside pickup to stay afloat. While pastries are definitely a draw, most people come for the tulips. More than 30,000 bulbs are planted around Orange City in the fall. By festival time, the bright colored flowers are in full bloom. Carrie Drescher points out a couple of her favorites in her yard, a pink tulip with some yellow and an orange tulip. The Blushing Beauty and the Onino, they're just a big, giant tulip. They always bloom beautifully. Carrie co-owns Tulip Town Bulb Company with her husband, Dan. They import bulbs from the Netherlands and plant about 3,000 for the festival. People visit the dressers to pre-order bulbs for their own yards and gardens. They say tulips are pretty easy to care for. People that can't garden, you can grow tulips. You can plant them completely incorrectly and upside down and they- We've heard people- They'll turn themselves over and push themselves through and they're pretty resilient. Stain Muckow and his family admire the tulips. They moved from Portugal to the U.S. last year and drove an RV six hours from Minnesota to Orange City. We wanted to get out and she wanted to come and see this down here. And now that we have the RV, we're camping every weekend and and going out. Orange City isn't the only town that holds a big Dutch festival. About four hours away in central Iowa, Pella's tulip time is a huge economic booster. Valerie Van Koten is with Pella Historical Society and Museums. Tulip time brings in 
two to three million dollars to a 30 mile radius of Pella to the restaurants and the hotels. Van Coten says tulip time saw around 160,000 people this year, fewer than a normal year, but more than expected. She says last year's canceled festival had a silver lining. A lot of people realized, oh wow, if tulip time were to go away, it would really hurt this community. And that's something a lot of towns have realized. Their businesses, and sometimes much of their economy, depend on these big festivals. Katie Pikus, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a public media reporting collaborative focusing on rural and agricultural issues. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.